Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. There's no purpose in teaching anybody who don't really want to learn, who really don't want to get to it. Everybody want to play entrepreneur. They don't want the sacrifice that come with the shit. Truly, speak on You're going to lose friends, lose girlfriends, family going to call you crazy, not going to believe in you, then you make it, and then everybody going to be like, I'm proud of you, let me get some money. What I've realized that wealthy people understand, mm-hmm. and people in general, it's the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't got to be super smart and got to know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, whatever yeah, it is. It's good if you want to be rich in that business, but yeah. you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm-hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money by income. Mm. Get money by more money. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. What's good, everybody? Welcome back. Season four of the Black Wolf Renaissance podcast going crazy. Your boy David Bellar, one-fourth of the Blackwell Renaissance crew, here live with my fellas, Kelly, Jalen, and Jared. Fellas, what y'all feeling, man? What's good? What's good, y'all, man? I'm feeling good, y'all. We in Houston, man. We ready. (laughs) We getting this episode popping, man. We got a really, really cool guest in the building, man. He about to drop a lot of gems. Man, I can't wait. Like, I don't think we've ever gotten into this topic before even. So, like, it's about to be completely uncharted territory. How y'all feeling over there, man? Bro, I'm feeling great. I just had some amazing food. That man, yeah, no shout out to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those lamb chops was buzzing. Yeah, green bean, asparagus, whatever. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, hey, so if y'all don't know about Chef Yim, y'all need to find man. out about it. Houston, yes, check him out. Yeah. But no, nah, I'm excited for this podcast, man. I don't think last time he was here, I wasn't here. So yeah. I didn't get to do it, but I'm excited to talk to this man. Yes, sir. So yeah. look. Yeah. But look, man. Once again, so nice we had to do it twice. This is a brother y'all done seen before. I know you done seen him on YouTube. Right. I definitely okay. seen him on YouTube. A million views on YouTube. Come a million on. streams on Spotify. Come on. And running, like, the most fire music, education, influencer business on this motherfucking planet. My boy Dorian Clark of Dorian Group 82, man. How you doing, <laughs> I'm man? I'm doing good, man. Appreciate it. That was a hell of an intro. I don't think I've had that. I need to have you write my Wikipedia. <laughs> 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 that was legit. 
Appreciate that, dog. Oh, man, you know we fucks with you, bro. Like, real talk. Yeah, man, you didn't pull it up on us in Miami. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They don't even fun, know about dog. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't going to get too much into it. But, Good bro, time. we want to say thank you, like they said, for coming on. And uh, just for anybody who didn't listen to your previous episode, or they might have not seen your content floating around, just give us a short synopsis. Who is Dorian Clark? Who is Dorian Clark? No, that question has changed. That question hasn't changed, but the answer has changed so much, since, especially since the last time we talked. You know, I'm starting to just view myself as an educator, as an amplifier, and as a generator. There's a lot of information out here in this creator, metaverse, economy, whatever. And a lot of that information is geared towards people that don't look like us nor talk like us. So I understand that that's my role now, to find that information and bring it back home. You know, that's the education piece. The amplifier, you know, I know how to make things bigger. You know, I'm just me. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, like built like a football player, wanted to be a basketball player, <laughs> coached a little bit, you know, trained some dudes that went to the NBA, but basketball just was not in the cards for me. You know, my dad didn't love football, so that wasn't a part of me neither. But I learned how to take my ideas, my songs, my content, my thoughts, and give it to the world where it's been seen over 100 million times on YouTube. That's amplification and then generating. It's all about money, man. I generate money. When everything I do is making me some money somehow, some way. I'm talking to y'all right now. And I got stocks. I got crypto. I got content. I, something is making me money right now. So educate, amplify, generate. That's who I am now. Hey, wow, but I love it. Some heavy shit. Hey, I got yeah. a question though. I know you said the crypto making money. My nigga, my shit getting beat up right now. This is cool. This is thank you. This is cool. See, this is why it's so dope that we get so many people that are putting their money into the markets now. It's like this is a part of it. It's going to drop. It's going to drop. But you got to hold on. Do not sell it. And look at where it is now versus where it was three years ago. I bet yeah. it's higher. Yeah. I yeah. bet it's higher. So just hold on to it, man. You're getting things at a discount right now. Everything is on sale. So go buy. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not lying. But <laughs> as soon as this podcast is over, I'm literally buying more crypto today. So got to love them dips, man. Buy the dip. Got to. That's facts. Yeah. Man. So, Dory, I know you mentioned, like, the content, right? That's one of the things you're the most known for. When it comes to YouTube and building like a successful YouTube page, what would you say would be like the number one thing? Like, because you've been doing streaming. People would think it's an overnight success thing. Yeah, when you when on our last Periscope? episode, Periscope. you started on Periscope, Periscope in what, 2013? 2015. 2015. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's years of work that went into this. What was it like building and maintaining that? It's crazy now. I'm thinking about starting. It was May 2015. Periscope dropped March 2015 consistency that's it mm -hmm. like that's mm -hmm. it. that's it if you're consistent that means that you have discipline that means you're going to figure things out because if you're consistent that means that you are someone who wants to achieve great things and when you're consistently working on something if something's not working since you want to achieve great things you're going to make the adjustment naturally because you're doing this every single day who wants to do the wrong thing every single day i don't i want to do the right thing that's going to make me some money and have me feel good about what i'm doing so when you're consistent, it just develops so many good habits that no matter what platform that you're on is going to transfer. Like I started off on Periscope. That was a straight live app. What no mm -hmm. posts, what no edited videos, you mm -hmm. on there, go mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. What no right. filters, what none of that. There's a whole nother <laughs> web too that y'all don't even know about. 
you know, if you were born in what, 2005, whatever, y'all don't know nothing. But <laughs> so with that, like I really had to learn how to hold an audience. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to make things entertaining, how to deal with trolls. And since I learned on Periscope, I was able to transfer to Instagram, to YouTube, to everything else. But it was because I posted every single day. So consistency, if you're not going to be consistent, you're going to get wiped out here. Because people mm-hmm. like me, I'm consistent. Y'all are consistent. So if I'm consistently posting five times a day and you're inconsistently posting once a week, how will you ever catch me? You won't. No. It's the reason why I was, I was able to dominate the music marketing YouTube space the way that I was. I wasn't trying to take nobody out. They just wasn't posting. And I was. And now I got 100 million views. And you type in anything music marketing, most of my videos are probably going to pop up. You know, consistency. Whatever platform Keep posting every single day and everything else will work out. How do you come up with so much content to post every single day? (laughs) That's, you know, that's two part for me too. Like it used to be so simple for me because like you have conversations with people every day. Mm -hmm. So all you do is just document the conversations or whatever. Instead of acting like you're talking to your homeboys, just act like, just talk to the camera. Whatever conversation you would have with your friends, just talk to the camera. But also too, like I learned that I have more of a creative mind. You know, like I see conversations just all the time. I see things other people might not see. I'm able to articulate it and piece it together. But the most foolproof way that I would say is whatever niche that you're in. So let's say you're in the financial niche and you want to start a financial YouTube channel. You need to go to the heavy hitters in the financial YouTube channel space and see their top videos. So I would immediately go to Graham Stephan's page and I would go to most popular and I will look at his videos that are absolutely banging. And then that is your foundation for that audience and that content. Use him as a template to build your entire content portfolio. Now that you have the template, it's just like anything. Yes, you taught me how to shoot my jump shot, coach. But, you know, I want to put my elbow out a little bit more. That works for me. Reggie Miller bumped his hands together. You know what I'm saying? Like, once you develop your form, now it's proprietary to you. So use these top YouTubers. Like, if you want to do music marketing now, go to my channel, Dorian Group A2. Become a music marketing influencer. Go to my channel. Take my top videos. Use that as your structure. And then now you got your formula to, you know, have some success. Mm. And I'm glad you, one, just said that. Because a lot of people feel like, I can't give people the sauce. They're going to steal it from me. But they can't never do what you're going to do. No. And then the next thing I want to kind of like ask you is, how do you get the wherewithal to remain consistent? Because we produce content too. And I'm going to be honest with you, like the past two, three months, my nigga, we ain't been putting out as much. Like it gets to a point where it's just like, bro, this shit get draining. Yeah. You know, delegating. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You, mm-hmm. you got to know where your strengths and weaknesses are. I don't know how to edit videos at first. I don't. Have I edited videos and uploaded them? Yes. Have some done nothing? Yeah. Have some got millions of views? Yeah. You know, but I cannot sit down at an iMac with Adobe Premiere Pro or Final Cut Pro and know what to do. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But there are people that do know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And with early YouTube channels, this is a way for them to get experience as editors and for you to get free content. Every intern we've ever had at Group 82, whether you went on to become a salaried employee like some of our people are now, or I got rid of your ass after an hour of you being there, like, I appreciate y'all. 
Bro, they have been the foundation for Group 82 and everything that we do. I cannot deplore business owners enough. If you do not take anything from this interview, do this. Please, if you have an LLC, post internships, whether it's on Indeed, whether it's through a community college, somewhere. People need that credit. They need the work experience. They want to be inside of an infrastructure where they can prove that they can do this job so it can become a paid position. And now, since your company is so early or your channel is so early, the mistakes can happen. Y'all getting four views a video. It doesn't matter. So let the mistakes happen and you can see what you like and what you don't like. You learn how to manage a team. You learn how to pump out content. Like y'all can go to my page, go to my Instagram and just scroll down. Scroll down to 2018. Go look at the videos. They're fucking terrible. They were awful. <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing. Like the audio was terrible. Like everything was terrible. Was but the they, branding on point? The branding was kind of on point. Uh, <laughs> like, like, yeah, my ducks, my smartphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't like my logo wasn't up there and all that. But I didn't care because it was free. Mm -hmm. I'm putting out content that's marketing my business. Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to be no Instagrammer. I wasn't trying to be no YouTuber. I was trying to get paid at group82music.com so I could leave my day job. I needed to make $5,000 a month. So I was trying to figure that out. And social media gave me that. And those interns did all that, man. And what <laughs> happened is like, damn, I like this intern. And they've helped me make an extra $2,000 this month. Man, I can start paying them $100 a week. You know, and then that developed into shit. I can start paying you a thousand a month. Now you're my COO and I pay you $70,000 a year plus. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Benefits for a young company like this because you start off as an intern. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so it's invaluable to have those interns and they will help you with so many things, not just editing, graphic design, content ideas, how to post. Now you are getting other people's social media algorithms too. We all had those meetings. All my interns were younger than me. They were in college. They, they don't want to tell me about TikTok. They don't want to tell me which songs are popping. They don't want to tell me which words work. That's my secret sauce. I'm giving it to y'all because y'all ain't better than us. So go get your own goddamn interns. I'm telling you, they're going to change the game for you. I kind of want to get into when you first started because you mentioned something. It's not going to look pretty maybe when you first start. How do you get over that hump? Like, man, I just started, let's say, our podcast. We were recording on phones at the beginning. It wasn't the audio we wanted, yeah, but goddamn, we started. Ball. Yeah. Right? How do you get over Like, damn, that's not what I wanted, but goddamn it, I started. How do you? I am 25. 25. So let's say average male, you said you had sex first time you were 16. So that was nine years ago. So you nine years into this stroke game. Okay, is your stroke game better now at 25 than it was at 16? Yes, sir. It okay, is. but did that stop you from getting what you wanted at 16? No, it did okay. not. Okay. <laughs> That's a perfect plan analogy. And there you have it. <laughs> dog. <laughs> I'm fucking weak, dog. Yo, appreciate the sauce with the interns because we literally were just having yeah. that conversation earlier last week about the listing on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. Indeed, mm -hmm. like, 
people are looking for these opportunities, just providing that infrastructure and that place for them to come and execute. Yep. And they need it. And they get college credit. And if they get college credit, now the school holds them accountable. You ain't got to do shit. All you got to do at the end is sign a document and you might got to rate them number one through five if they deserve an A. Man, like, you know. So can you talk to the people about, like, what does that process look like? Like, am I just going to, like, a school and hitting up a dean and being like, hey, like, I need some students? Man, most of these schools have career centers. They got career Mm -hmm. development centers. And a big part of their metrics for these career development centers is getting their kids internships, their students, because that's great marketing. You know, you come to our school, we got you an internship with Nike, and now this person's the VP of the NBA or something like that. They can sell you the whole dream, the college bullshit. <laughs> so the way you can take advantage of their college bullshit is you can be the company that gets the intern, right? So hit up these career development centers, and then on Indeed, you can put an internship on Indeed. No one's stopping mm-hmm. you from doing that. That's, you don't, as long as you have an LLC, it doesn't matter. You could put one on Craigslist. Now, you know, you got to understand. Yeah, there's going to be a certain type of demographic, you know, like the content you post on YouTube and Instagram is going to be different than content that you post on Pornhub, you know, so the interns you're going to get from a college from Indeed is going to be different than ones you get from Craigslist, but you ain't got no money and your company's not doing much and you need help. So beggars can't be choosy. That's very true. That's facts. And I feel like a lot of people, they hear interns, sometimes they be like, man, I don't want them to work for free and all of this type of shit. Like you said, they're getting this college credit. They need it anyway. I, I don't know what kind of world y'all grew up in, but I've worked for free so many times in my life. Like, bro, it's a part of like, if you're an entrepreneur, you're working for free. Your broke ass business ain't making no money. You know, like it's a part of life. Anything you want to do, you got to start off doing it for free if you want to get good at it. You don't get paid from everything from day one. Mm-hmm. LeBron didn't start making money for basketball till he was 18. Mm-hmm. And he's a billionaire from it. He wasn't getting paid when he was 10, 11 years old. Like, who do you think you are that you deserve to get paid when you can't prove that your videos or your graphics is going to make our channel some money? Where the fuck's the money going to come from? Now I got to go get a job. What's the point of me having your ass if I got to get a job to pay you to get the content? No, no. Yeah, yeah nigga, I am not about to work exactly. for free. <laughs> exactly. Like, everybody has worked for free in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all work for free at y'all church. Every single Sunday. And they've been finessing y'all for years. They gave you nothing but a plaque. Like, you can have some interns at your business. You made a great point about entrepreneurship, though, that, once again, I think has been really misconstrued in the past few years. A lot of people think that becoming an entrepreneur or starting a business is like the gateway ticket just to becoming, you know, that millionaire billionaire. But they don't know that a lot of entrepreneurs ain't making a lot of money, dog. (laughs) They not. Like... And I'll be 100% honest with us. Like, even with BWR, we not fucking millionaires oh, or nothing like that. Never claimed. Oh, like, dog, no, we made some money from this bitch. But profit versus net, it's yeah. still... It's completely different. It's for real. Different. Like, have y'all heard of Dude Perfect? Yes. yes. Yeah, yes. you know, they're one of the most popular YouTube channels yeah. ever. Ever, yeah. yeah. They got like 50 million subscribers. Really? I was listening to one of their podcast interviews. Amazing interview. I'm not going to shout the podcast, but it was an amazing interview. And it's five of them. Mm-hmm. And... They have 10 billion views and they have deals with like the NBA and the yeah. NFL and GMC. And, you know, they have 50 million subscribers. They have a world tour. They have like offices like this do perfect. They have Nerf guns. 
They have turned into all they do was like trick shots. Trick shots. That's all they do. That's all they do. Basketball right, trick shots, football yeah. trick shots, golf shots, like drop basketballs out of airplanes. It's what they do. You know, little boys ages five to fifteen, no do perfect. Like that is their thing. And they're on that podcast. They're at the peak of their prime, of their fame. And they said that they make around $30 million a year. That's it. It's five of them. That's $6 million a year before taxes. And they got all that. You know, so social media can make it seem like if someone is everywhere, that they got a lot of money. But if you an 80s baby, 90s kid, or maybe a little bit later, you remember real world. Roll rules. They were the most popular people in our age group, ages 18 to 25. If you were on real world, you were a fucking superstar. And they were broke as fuck. And that's what content creators are right now, or even like digital entrepreneurs. It's like you got to find other ways to get your money. Mm-hmm. If you think it's going to just come from, from YouTube Avenue. or from sponsorships yeah. or just some courses or just some music, it's not. You got to have your hand in every bucket. And that's why content is so important. Because content allows you to hit all those buckets with one piece, right? Mm-hmm. You get paid from the content. You can advertise. Go follow me on Patreon. You can advertise your course. You can advertise your ebook. You can send people to, you know, some special VIP event that you're going to have. Content allows you to do that. It has affiliate links inside of it, too. Anybody clicks those affiliate links, you get paid. If it's good content, evergreen content, people going to watch it forever. So now you get paid forever, and that's forever money. So, if you are a digital entrepreneur, you got to focus on the content. Because if you think you about to make money, what's it, 2022? If you think five years from now, 2027, you could be making money the same way you're making it now, you're, you're out of your fucking yeah, mind. You're, you're out of your mind. Like, evolve. think about how we was making money in 2017. That's how I'm making my money from now. Nope. Thanks. <laughs> so I kind of want to talk about the YouTube money. Let's be real. So... You said you had 100 million views? 100 million views. 100 million, yeah. What is the YouTube money from that? I posted that video last night. Mm-hmm. We have made $90,000 specifically from YouTube for 100 million views. And the reason being is because long-form views pay a lot more than short-form views. Mm-hmm. I had about 17 million long-form views before I started making short-form videos. And from those 17 million long form views, I had about $80,000, right? It is at a hundred million, so that's 83 million views later. And we've made since like $9,000 since then. Cause they're just not putting ads on short form videos. And on top of that too, YouTube is a search engine first mm-hmm. and it's owned by the biggest search engine in the world, which yeah. is Google. They want everything to go through search. They are going to incentivize search. So if someone's types in a keyword, or a search term and your video pops up, that's when YouTube's gonna pay you the most because you are rewarding people for using that search feature. And if your video's good and it makes people stay on YouTube longer, which is the number one thing that they look at on YouTube is session time, that's gonna make them reward you and push your video up higher. Shorts doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. We watch mm-hmm. shorts, we a scroll. Mm-hmm. We a scroll, we might follow, we might share. You know, like, yeah, uh, but we're not like. searching for shorts, man. We're not doing that yet. So that's why right now, there's this big thing like a lot of content creators are like, yes, the views and the subscribers are great. The watch time's great. But if these were long form views, man, I probably would have made three, four million dollars. So why? Why do the short thing? Because of the brand amplification. I'm an educator, an amplifier, and I'm a generator. When I'm mm-hmm. making business decisions, 
I'm looking at that. Am I going to educate? Am I going to amplify? Am I going to generate? 100 million views? That's amplification like a motherfucker. Right. And I have to pay for that at all. I got paid for, to do that. Mm-hmm. I got paid $90,000 for my brand to be seen 100 million times. That's a Super Bowl commercial. And how much would I have had to pay for that? Right. I would have had to pay a couple of million. Right. So that's how we got to use our social medias, man. Like, I ain't in love with none of these shits. Shout out YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Y'all have changed my life. But damn it, we know 10 years from now is probably going to be something else. You yeah. damn right. And my For ass is sure. going to be on there. I don't give a fuck what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As long as it ain't, you know, some crazy, crazy <laughs> porn shit or something. But, like, that's where we're going. That's where the metaverse is actually going. Like, who knows how we're going to be doing podcasts 10 years from well, now. Metaverse. Yeah. In the metaverse, everybody's sitting yeah. down in the virtual house. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Watching this motherfucker. Exactly. And, like, we're probably going to be able to see everybody's faces and they can ask questions and come to the front. Like, yeah. things change so fast. Man, I got time to fall in love with these social media platforms. I follow their rules because they put me in front of my audience better than any other marketing tool that exists. When y'all find me a better marketing tool than social media, let me know. And I'll start complaining about how much they pay. <laughs> so you kind of talking about their rules. We kind of spoke off camera about it. The YouTube's algorithm, maybe even Instagram's algorithm. How do you change your videos or change your style based on their algorithm? Yeah. And that's how do you amazing. even keep up with those? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it goes back to what I said. You know, YouTube is a search engine. Everything has to go through search. Make your video searchable. If I put a video out like, you know, this is going to be great for him. So this is Ash Cash. And on the back of his book, it says mind right, money right. Right. If you have a video that says mind right, money right, that's a title. Ain't nobody searching that. But if you have a video that says how to find financial freedom, how to get financial freedom, 10 laws of financial freedom, people might actually be searching for that term. They're at least searching for financial freedom. And because they're searching for financial freedom, you have it in your title, you have it in your thumbnail, you have it in the description, you have it in the metadata with the tags, you have it some other places I'm not going to tell y'all until I put inside my YouTube course. (laughs) That's coming soon. Sauce, though. And now, and you're talking about it, you're saying financial freedom throughout the video, YouTube is looking at all of that. And they're taking all this aggregate information. They're looking at your comments. Are your comments responding to this? Are they saying that you are spam? Are they saying that this isn't right? Or are they talking about financial freedom? Mm -hmm. And more people watch it for a long time that makes them push the video up because they know this video is about financial freedom. So when people go to Google and type in financial freedom, your video is going to pop up and they reward you for that through ad money. Mm. Hey, Ash Cash, use that, my nigga. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> wrong with that, brother, for real. Especially for your book. That's all you got to do. If he just made content around this book, like 10 Laws of Financial Freedom, which I don't know if he has. I haven't went I'm pretty sure he yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he probably owns those search terms. And if he can just dominate that financial freedom search term, that's forever money. Forever. Oh, man. Mm. Forever money off free marketing. Yes. It, listen, there we go. The For, free marketing part. <laughs> Forever money off of free marketing. What are y'all complaining about? Like, I haven't had a job in four years. My daughter is two and a half. She don't know daddy working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. That is in the crib recording some videos. Daddy is home every single day. Daddy reads to her. Daddy holds her. Daddy consoles her. Daddy laughs with her. Daddy does business. Daddy makes money. Daddy is always here. Daddy don't work for nobody else. Don't nobody else tell daddy when he can see me. That's why I go as hard as I do. Can't no man tell me when I can see my daughter because of some goddamn money. I made my own money. See my kid when I want. 
You know, and if you a father, you know how hard that shit hits. And that should be the reason you get up off your ass and post online. My brother, and I'm glad you just brought that up because I was watching one of your videos and you said on the 17th of every month, mm -hmm. you and your wife, what mm -hmm. do y'all do for your daughter? And I'm bringing this up because, you know, we black earth renaissance and we like to preach generational wealth. And I want people to understand how important it is to start early. So explain, break that down for me. So my daughter, her birthday is June 17th. And so on the 17th of every single month, me and my lady, we put a minimum of at least $500 into her portfolio, whether it's stocks or, you I know, like or something mm -hmm. else that we do it through stockpile. If we have a really good month, you know, daddy feeling good, daddy might drop like two, three thousand there. <laughs> but, you know, when early on, when we were first starting, we was only putting like twenty five, fifty dollars in there. Mm -hmm. But this is going into index funds. This is going into Apple stock. This is going into monthly dividend stocks. And I'm going to give you all one. Once again, I'm not a financial advisor. This is what I do with my baby and my money. Everything else is up to you. PSEC. You know, it's trading for about eight dollars a share and it pays a deal. monthly dividend. And that dividend of this damn near like 60, 70 cents, you know, and my daughter just two days ago, like they send the email every single month, my daughter got a dividend from just PSEC, just this one stock that month of $80, damn. 80 damn. times 12. If we round that up, that's a thousand dollars in a year. Damn. She's two. When she's 18, that's going to be $16,000 with no compound interest, with no inflation, with no nothing. And if we don't add any more money, she will get $16,000 just from that one stock's dividends. What could I have done with $16,000 when I was 18? That was my oh, wow. tuition at IU my first year. Mm. And that's just her one stock. Not her Apple and her VO. No. My baby's going to be a millionaire. She got to worry about money. You know, so every single month on the 17th, and man, we be texting like, damn, it's the 16th shit. Because like, it's like yeah. another record. <laughs> <laughs> but... Every time that I buy it, I feel so good. And like I take her to the computer and I show her and what she got and what her returns were. Right now, everything's down, but we don't sell right now. This is when we go buy more. So this is my philosophy. Parents, on the birth date of your child every single month, even if it's a dollar. If my parents would have bought me a dollar of Apple stock every month in the 80s. I would have yeah. a lot more money today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't know where this is going. We don't know where these companies are going. Crypto, these returns we're getting is out of control. You owe it to your kids and your grandkids. Just start putting that $1, $5, $10. Stop buying them cheap-ass toys they ain't going to play with. Stop buying them fucking clothes, GG, mm -hmm. that she ain't going to wear because she outgrows them and buy mm -hmm. stock. Buy it, please. Mm. That's, that's so real. Glad you yeah, that's oh, that's, that's so a, real. That's a real generational wealth shit, like, Whenever we talk about, and I'm glad you shared that you didn't start off with 500. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. You started with 50 because yeah. people hear it and like, well, I can't put 500. Yeah, I, it's like, no, bro, man, just start. start. Just Because yeah, like you easy. said, you never know where it's going to go. As time goes on, you're likely to increase your income if you're a person mm -hmm. who focused. As mm -hmm. time goes on, you're likely to do it. But the earlier you start, the better. And like you said, your baby going to be a millionaire. Absolutely. If you continue to throw $500 a month at it for even the next five years. Exactly. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. She's good. Good. Yep. And if both parents doing it, now y'all doubling. I mean, it's the growth hack. You know, and this is Blackwell Renaissance, so we can say that. How do you think all these white kids got money? 
Man. If you go to school at any big state school, we in Texas right now. You go to Texas right now. You go to Texas yeah. high school, look in the parking lot. Exactly. You're going to see know. Mercedes. You and they, see all and kind they of dads shit. be insurance agents. He's With a manager of a damn brand. discount tire. How? Because his daddy was buying index funds and invested every single month. Because when granddaddy passed away, even though he only made at the most $40,000 in he a year, he had a $750,000 life insurance policy. policy. Like, you know, the game is here. Yeah. And we telling you the game. Blackwell Renaissance telling you the game. I'm telling you the game. Master Investors telling you the game. Earn Your Leash is telling you the game. Millionaire Mindset Xavier is telling you the game. People's out here. Wall Street Trappers telling you the game. You know, David Shans telling you the game. Ash Cash telling you the game. There's no excuse no more. Be Simone. Y'all have seen her become a millionaire. Facts. There's, we're telling you the game. It's just a matter if you're going to apply the information now. And we got to apply. Kevin Hart has been telling the goddamn game. Facts. Niggas don't be listening. Every time, every time he has a deep interview, he gives the game on where he is and how we got there. He's broken down his whole social media strategy. I've done a video on it. He's broken down his whole wealth building strategy. I've done a video on it. Like, let people who's making this content feed you the information that you need and use that to provide a better life for your family. Man, I, what you got, I just, Nah, man, because you you probably going to go into a question mine just really quick. I just appreciate the fact that you highlighted the small, insignificant in the long run shit that people be buying, especially for kids. Yeah. Like, the clothes that they going to outgrow fast as fuck, the toys that they not going to care about, like all the different little stupid stuff that is going to be insignificant in the long run, you could be taking that same money and putting incremental small amounts because people always act like, oh, man, I got to have enough money to buy the whole stock or to buy a whole share. No, you don't. You can be putting that same 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever dollars that you have into those funds to be trying to set your kids up for the future. Like, between doing that and what earlier episode we talked about insurance, what we talking about a hundred dollars total a month you spending to set your family up at the same time. I want you to go through your budget and tell me where the fuck all your other money is going to. That's facts. Where's all the other money going to? Once you do that, you'll really have a opening experience. You'd be like, damn, I can stop buying whatever I'm buying, whether it's weed, weed, lashes, whatever. You got to take care of your seeds and your future generation to make sure you got to make them sacrifices. And when Somebody got to do it. And when I started doing that, you know, that's exactly how I started investing because that was my same excuse. I was working for somebody like, bro, I don't have enough. So, yeah, you do. Nigga, stop going to Chipotle four times a week. You know, like, and it's the same thing with my time. Like, I didn't have enough time. Yeah, you do. Like, how many times do you need to watch LeBron James play basketball? You've seen this man play basketball a lot. You know, he's you can miss this game in January on a Tuesday night. You just, the highlight. Yeah, like you would spend that two hours working on your shit. Like, you know, like I don't like social media. What was I clicking? What was I watching? I was watching bullshit. You know, I'm clicking bullshit. When I start watching stuff that made me get my mind right and my money right, like my mind got right and my money got right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out to Ash Cash. But it's just like, you know. You got to do self-audits. You got to take responsibility, especially mm-hmm. in our community. Like, these folks don't care about us. Democrats or Republicans. Moderates yeah, don't man, matter. Don't they don't care about us, man. man. They never going to care about us because there's no reason to care about us man. because they can get rich off of us. Man. We got to take folks. care of ourselves, man. Mm-hmm. The entire American ecosystem has been set up. 
There are rules that you got to play if you want to live in this country. If you don't like the rules, y'all going to hate me saying this, go to another country. But if you want to play here, you got to play by our rules. Compared to other countries, our rules are pretty okay. And there's one rule in this country that no matter what, where you come from, sex, gender, race, whatever, if you know how to make money, they're going to let you make money. You're Period. Right. They're going to let you make money and keep as much of it as you want. But you got to know how to make it. And there's this is the black... Y'all, it's dope that y'all are called Black Wealth Renaissance because that's what we're in right now. That's what we that's like. Mm-hmm. This literally like mm-hmm. this is digital entrepreneurship is going to set us up bigger than rappers and the NBA ever has, mm-hmm. ever has. I one hundred percent believe. I'm seeing, that. I'm see, we're yeah. seeing it happen in real time. The guy from TikTok, Kobe, the small dude, small dude yeah. that talk that says nothing. Yeah, yeah. he's worth like two mil now. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this age is gonna just like you said. You're allowing content creators to come forward. You're allowing people to really... And the, the free exchange of information is really what I think is defining the mm-hmm. renaissance. Like, the fact that it's so free out there and so many people, powerful examples are doing it, that all you literally have to do is take the action and you can start seeing progress. I think, you know, there's a future president amongst us. You know, one of these digital entrepreneurs is going to be like the future president of the United States. I don't know who it is. But I think that's how powerful content creation and the money that's behind it. Sup, family? Hope you've been enjoying the show. I have a serious question for all my entrepreneurs real quick. Is your business moving forward or is it stagnant? Don't you want to know how to get more clients, how to build better infrastructure, how to dominate in your industry? Well, you need to be at the 10th Annual Run Business Conference in Dallas, Texas on July 16th. Run Business Conference will have experts teaching on trucking and logistics, government contracts, real estate, finance, credit, business automation, and so much more. Man, look, fam, y'all got to get ready to run. Get ready to run your life, run your business, and run up this bag. You're only one contract away from changing the trajectory of your business. Link is in the description to get tickets. Let's run it. Run Conference 2022. is like this education space it's wide open man. you know what i can't not give gems man it's just who i am you know i ain't even got started on there yet so if this episode gonna drop y'all might beat me to the punch you know we always talk about that spotify don't pay nothing which for artists get your music out there but it don't really pay a lot we would love to get a penny a stream which would be great skillshare oh y'all you're dropping the sauce skillshare Uh it's an online course platform and it is set up like Spotify, but for courses. And they are paying five cents per minute watched. There are people y'all have never heard of talking about music marketing, how to do podcasts, YouTube, digital marketing, business, how to edit videos that have 600 followers on Instagram. And I know for a fact they're making $30,000, $40,000 a month because they got eight Skillshare courses. And when you go look at them Skillshare courses, they're not that hard to create. Each section of the course is like three to seven minutes. Mm -hmm. And you put like eight sections together, it's like 56 minutes. If you make content, you know it ain't hard to get 56 minutes to teach some shit. You know, and when you go through and you search, the amount of faces that look like us is slim to none. Not Mm. only do they need our content Mm. creators, they need our audience. Mm. That's why everybody pushing all this pro-black bullshit. Okay? Not saying that pro-black shit is bullshit, but it's bullshit to them. 
Because the only reason that they're talking about we accept black people and all that and, you know, colors are welcome is because of money. They want our money. That's it. That's all they want. And so we know that now. This is information we all know. The only reason y'all say y'all support all these black causes is because you want the black dollar. Okay. Let's take advantage of it. Exactly. Facts. And so if you are a course creator, content creator, you need to be looking into Skillshare. And Skillshare has its own audience. They got their own algorithm. Yeah. That's all I'm going to give you. I got one more question on Skillshare. <laughs> so, like, could we take an existing course and just upload that bit, though? Hey, man, you know, they got all the rules of what you need to do on the website. <laughs> <laughs> he said that's all like it's bad. Like Go to the, the website and do what you got to do. Bad. But, Dorian, man, I did want to ask another thing to you. Black Friday, man. You went crazy, <laughs> man. Bro. Oh, man, man. That was, man, I'm trying to get emotional thinking about that shit, man. That was amazing. <laughs> How was Black Friday, oh, man? man? You know, the Super Bowl um, for entrepreneurs, as you call it. <laughs> you know, and this is the first time I'm ever going to say this, you know, I hope that she don't get mad, but, you know, she deserves that. So November came, and when November came, my lead video editor, he, he left, and we still have a great relationship. Shout out to Alex. I was just talking to him yesterday. We have a great relationship, and he left and went to another company to do some other stuff. I was like, okay, cool. And at that time, everybody like basically had left Group 82 because they had either graduated or the internships was over or, you know, it's like, damn, it's just me. And then, you know, my lady, her name is Rhiannon, and she's always been behind the scenes and she's always helped, you know. And there was times where she didn't help with Group 82 at all, but there's the times where she's really had to help. And so since everybody was gone, man, and, you know, I was tired, man. I was posting so much. You know, I was exhausted. I was like, you know what? Black Friday is coming around. We can do something. Like, let's have a sale, but I'm not going all for it. And usually when her and I are planning something like that, I'm usually very meticulous, and it needs to look like this. Let's have it like that. It's a lot of back and forth. I just trusted her. I just trusted her. I said, you know what to do. You've been making some money. We make a couple thousand dollars. Cool, whatever. And Black Friday 2018, I'll put the tweet. I can't remember. I think I made like $1,000. Black Friday 2019, I think I made 8000 Black Friday 2020, I made 10000 Black Friday this year, I made 101000 Come on, man. Let's go. But you know the most beautiful thing about that? It was me and my lady. That's beautiful. That's lit. And, you know, and when, like, as the sales kept coming in, man, like, I can't lie. We cried. Like, we cried together with our daughter right there. And it's just like... We didn't need nobody else, just us. And it was just such a beautiful moment for our family. My daughter's account really got a lot of money in. I threw an extra in there. You know, me and her, we love Ruth Chris. We went there and popped some bottles, did the whole nigga shit. <laughs> and then, you know, we went and we started thinking about where we wanted to invest the money and where we wanted to put the money in, inside of the business. But you know what that really did? It showed me that I've been reading this book called Rocket Fuel. Well, I read it twice. And basically what Rocket Fuel is about, it's about um, people who own businesses and they're looking for partners. And there's two types of partners in the business. There's a visionary, there's an integrator. And not to go too deep in the detail, but basically if you know the story of Apple, Steve Jobs is a visionary and mm -hmm. Waz is an integrator, essentially. Yeah. And so every partnership's like that. you know. And being a content creator, what I do, like I'm a visionary. Nothing that Group 82 moves unless I have to push it. Now, I say it, I have to literally push it. And when you push so much, it becomes exhausting. And, you know, that weekend solidified that, you know, I've been searching for the integrator. My integrator's in right here. Like, mm. You know, and the thing about us, this for any couples that want to go into business together, you know, we didn't want business 
to be the source of an argument. Mm-hmm. Because if I argue with an employee or I have a friction with an employee, it is 100% strictly business. When you have a business friction with your partner, you know, that can spill over. And we have a daughter. And, you know, and that's, you know, you got to think about that. You mm-hmm. really, is it worth it? Because we can make yeah. money doing other stuff. So why mm-hmm. we need to make money together if it's going to make us argue? And we had to both grow. At weekend, not only solidified our company, but solidified our growth as a couple and as partners, like, yo, we did this half ass. Imagine if we go all in. Yeah, that's what everybody, all of our family was telling us. Like, what are y'all doing? You know what I'm saying? So when I say I have a COO, she's a COO now. That's her salary. That's her benefits. And when I say she's a COO, she's integrated. She's in charge. Like, no bullshit. Y'all see my personality. Like, y'all have hung out with me. Like, I'm a dominant personality. She makes the choices. She hires, she fires, she say we ain't doing some shit, we ain't doing it. And that release, dog, what I just the fact I don't have to make them decisions anymore, man, has just allowed me to be so much more creative and allowed me to just look at things in a much different perspective. Allow me to be a visionary. That's what it's allowing me to do. You know, because when you're a visionary, you got all these ideas and you know, you gotta execute them too. Yeah. It becomes so much. Mm-hmm. But you gotta go through that though. Like, if you're a real entrepreneur, you got to go through having your own ideas and being a visionary and executing it to the finish. So that way, when you bring in somebody else, you know what is possible. Because people will bullshit you. And they will say things can't get done. It's like a barber. Ah, man, your beard don't grow like that. No, you can't cut it like that. My shit does grow like that. You just can't do it. You know, it's the same thing for people who come to your business. Like, video editors will tell you that can't be done. No, you can't do it. When you have taken something from idea all the way down to revenue generating, what can you tell me about this? Nothing. So you're an integrator. You're in charge. Figure it out. And she's been phenomenal. This is the happiest I've ever been in my life. All around holistically. Ever. This moment today. That's awesome, man. That's dope. So what processes did you have to go through to come to that point? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Man, just years of, you know, I kind of look at entrepreneurship. I, I think I, me and you, we were talking about this in Miami, but, you know, entrepreneurship is jumping off of a cliff and building a parachute on the way down. Yeah, we did and, talk about And that. I did it. I built the parachute. But that motherfucker was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, hold on, man. I can't survive like this. And it was shaking for like four years. And my hands were just like, bro. You have to let go, but I can't fall down. I had nothing supporting me. Like, I had to let go. And when I finally let go, like, you know, this sounds corny as hell, but, like, she was there. Like, she was there to support me. Like, we're going to be okay. And so, like, the processes of just everything, man. Like, I had to be the accountant, the lawyer, customer service, Mm -hmm. the video editor at times, the Mm -hmm. audio editor, the rapper, the cover art, the graphic designer, the talent, the CEO, you know, the spokesperson, the CMO, CTO, whatever needed, the janitor, everything, the, the travel everything agent, the secretary, you. you know, that was my life. That's who I was. It's just like, bro, once the business gets to half a million a year, you can't continue on like oh that. No. Can you get to a million like that? Yeah, you can. If, if, you, if you are really organized and you yeah, are somebody who's disciplined automated. and you go to bed at 10, 12 p.m., and you wake up at 601, yeah, you can get to a million, but you're going to be a robot psycho. Yeah, buddy. You know, so I had to learn, like, bro, like, 
You're a human. You're fucking human, man. Like, be a human. No, you're not going to get a million views on every post. You're not going to make, you know, thousands of dollars every day. There's days, most days, I don't make no money. That's real. That's why my margins are so high. <laughs> You'll see, cause I know mm-hmm. most days we're not going to make some money, but when we get a sale, it really matters. So mm-hmm. it's like I had to learn to let all that shit go. And what happens is you become so emotionally tied to your business because nothing's automated. Mm-hmm. It's like I was a single father. You get it. You get, you're so invested in it because it's your baby. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was a single father. And now Group 82 has a mother. I just <laughs> I let it go. Yeah, that's dope, dog. Man, yeah, that's why I know you mentioned like you had the interns and stuff that actually ended up graduating and yeah, moving on. Yeah. So like in building a business, like now that you got to this point with the interns, were you having to implement SOPs or were you just kind of like teaching them as it went along? <laughs> SOPs, <laughs> <laughs> man, please, I got time to be doing all that. Listen, like I <laughs> like during the interview, we did a very good job of vetting people. We put an internship job posting up on Indeed. And anyone who applied, we accepted. And we would write questions back. It was like these automated questions. And they had to answer five questions to basically see if they read the posting and if they qualified and to see who would respond. Once you do that, that eliminates 90% of them. You know, and then we say, okay, if you answer yes to all these questions, email here. Then we'll see who emails. Then we'll set up an interview. Then inside the interview, you know, I'm very transparent. I don't interview interns anymore, but when I used to, I was very transparent. They got to see what y'all seeing is what they saw. And I told him, I said, go watch my content. And this is 2019 duck. Like, you know, like <laughs> he was outrageous. Okay. You know, so like I said, go see, I'm very opinionated. Like go look. And what happens is after they went through all of that, then we would have them prove that they could do the job. If they were a video editing intern. Okay. Here's raw video footage. Let's see what you got. Here's the instructions. You know, if they go through all of that, about time that they agree to do the internship, they're already mentally ready. Because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. went through the whole interview process. You know, they understand me. They understand what Group A2 is about. They understand their responsibilities. And I don't mean that it was foolproof. People still did went through all that and they quit within two days. Mm-hmm. But because we were such a young company and we had no money, you know, I wanted to make sure that we got the right people. And I had to go through a lot of people. But when you find a great intern, oh, man. It, oh. Hold on. Oh, Hold man. on. Yeah, yeah, for real. And when their time is up, you make them an offer. And if you can't afford it, you let it be known. And you stay in contact with them. Because when it gets to the point, y'all remember when I was posting them long-form videos every day? Bro, I had six video editing interns who were trained to the optimal level. I would wake up three times a week. There were six long-form videos for me to choose from with no mistakes. That's 18 Damn. videos a week, long form. Damn. Just long form. Long form. You know, Damn. I was on their ass. I was on their ass. But <laughs> they got trained to the optimal level, man. So if you can get an internship program, it can content creators elevate you to a whole nother level. But like man. you said, they also can put it on their resume. I helped build this channel Absolutely. up to All 100 of million All of views. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's really dope. I kind of want to shift gears more into, like, the music side. Yeah, that's actually what uh, I want to go. I know we talked about this earlier. We've talked about it on the last episode, the 360 deals and people, you know, not having ownership of their masters and everything. Uh, I had saw a video of like Ashanti. She was saying, yeah, I'm about to re-record my albums. So now I'm going to be able to, you know, control my shit more and everything. Can you kind of break that down? Like, what does that mean to 
the re-record and now you can control it a little bit more. What's going on with that? Yeah, so in the last interview, I know we talked about this, but, you know, y'all have grown too. Congrats on that, man. Appreciate y'all be on it, man. I love y'all content. Y'all one of the few podcast people that I really support, so I like y'all a lot. Plus, for all the new people to Blackwell Friends, do y'all have a nickname for y'all audience yet? Man, we still try to come up with some goddamn. Right. Right. <laughs> y'all need like, something, man. man. Hey, hey, we need those comments below. What do y'all want to be called? Like, I ain't gonna lie, we'd have thought of a couple of us. Like, ah, this that is shit don't. Yeah, that shit's all wet, nigga. Ducks and swans walking to the pond sound corny as shit too. But it rhymes, nigga. Let me come swimming that motherfucker. <laughs> Great sweat, segue into music. But, so going back in that interview, I know I talked about it a little bit, but the reason that masters were called masters. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Is because there was one copy back in the day when you made a song. Like for all the young folks, people actually had to go to a studio and there was no computers. It was actual like tape. So it's called tape. And it was something physical that you could damage. And you only had one copy to get it right. You know, when the copy got right, that was called the master. Anything that got duplicated off the master was called the slaves. Oh, so that racist shit again. This is why. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why they're called masters. And for the longest, it was like the masters would stay in the vault because there was no digital clouds. There was no digital files, none of that. Mm. As technology caught up, you know, the music industry went through a transition. So everybody was like, yo, you need to own your masters, own your masters, own your masters. That was during the pre-streaming era. You probably did need to own your masters. It's still good to own them today. But what you need to own is your publishing. Mm -hmm. The masters is the actual recording, the physical. Everything's digital now. The publishing is the idea. That's been around forever. So if you own the publishing, you own your work. You own your songs, and you can do whatever you want with it. That's what happened with Ashanti. Because she wrote everything, she owned the publishing. Because Taylor Swift wrote everything, she owns the publishing. Because DMX wrote everything, he owned the publishing. So if I own the publishing, I can take all these words and I can put them over whatever music that I want to. Well, it just happens to sound like the other music. Well, you own that one master's copy. Mm. I can make my own slaves Ah. and I'm the artist. It's the new master. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's the new master. That's what Taylor Swift did. All she did was tell them, she told her audience, wherever the hell that they're called, the billions of them, don't listen to that one no more. Listen to this one. That's the one that I own. And they all did it. And she didn't lose a dime. She probably made more. I didn't even know Because she wrote. She owns the publishing. So any artist, hold on to your masters. But if it's some reason you got to give it up, cool. 
you hold on to that publishing and go watch my videos on Dorian Group H on YouTube. Sir Mix a Lot really breaks down why he owns his publishing. So Sir Mix a Lot, Dorian Group 82, he gives all types of scenarios where he got money because he owned his publishing. And had he not, that shit would have went to the label like 15, 20 years after the fact. So mm-hmm. always hold on to that. So that kind of falls into that play with like Lil Wayne yeah. selling his masters. Yeah, for the For, I think who else? Pharrell just Everybody. sells. Yeah. Yeah, and you can sell your publishing too if you. I don't know if they did. Yeah, um, damn, but that's kind of a finesse on the. Yeah, like, like you, bitch, you like, can have it. You can have it. I'm just gonna go ahead and record yeah, this over here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the problem before the reason artists didn't do that is because recording costs so much yeah. and marketing. You know, yeah, yeah you but, can record it, but how you gonna get on the radio? How you gonna get on MTV? But now you ain't gotta worry about you it. Gotta worry you about got it. fucking yeah. Instagram on exactly. your phone. Just throw the shit out there. Yep. So speaking of that, so new artists that are coming into the game and they want to market themselves or they want to put their song out what is the best way for them to do that you know that's such a broad question it's like you know if i start a business today what's the best way to market my business you know well it matters the kind of business that you got mm-hmm. but i think the foundation i think we all know is social media but that's a broad term now too yeah. you know well you go to youtube well that's a broad term too well you go to graham Stephens finance channels okay well what do you do you know yeah. that's why classes are important Mm-hmm. You know, because they take you down that funnel a lot faster. So for new artists, man, like, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? Do you want to be known as a great lyricist? Mm-hmm. You want to be known as somebody that makes twerk music? Do you want to be known as a true artist? Do you want to be known as all of that? Do you want to be a massive star like Drake? Do you just want to be able to tour and hit a thousand max venues? What are your goals, realistic goals that match your effort? What work ethic do you have to put towards these goals? And then once you do that, study people's careers, man. Study people's careers. And then you need to use social media to make your money for you. You ain't going to make no money for your music. This is not going to happen. You know, it just, the music business has been set up and fortified. Y'all know what I mean? Look it up. Fortified to squeeze everything and just leave the drops for the artists. And it's always going to be like that. Even if you own your publishing. You own your masters. It's still going to be like that. Mm. Content is not like that. Mm-hmm. Marketing is not like that. And because you make music and everybody needs music for their content, that needs to be your focus. Like, what videos do I want my songs to be using? Because they're using songs in videos. It's not just dance videos. That's a stupid-ass mentality. You know, y'all still think TikTok is dance videos. No. You're a fucking idiot. TikTok is... Short YouTube is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's taking over. And we really need to pay attention to it. You need to have some sort of presence on there. So it's just like, what kind of videos do I want this to be used in? Do I want to be dance videos? Do I want to be comedy videos? Do I want to be finance videos? Do I want to be reaction videos? Do mm-hmm. I want to be motivational videos? Right? The same way you used to make music for clubs, or I would make music for long rides or for, you know, deep thinking. Now you need to be thinking about what type of content do I want my music to be in? Because mm. that's the only way your music is going to get heard. Mm. That's that makes sense. That's, that's makes perfect that makes sense. sense. Like content, because even with building a anything, like even a podcast, your brand, your music, building an audience first on a niche based interest will always do you better. Hell yeah. In terms Hell of yeah. getting your message to the people you wanted to get to, like you said, all the dudes that's commenting under fucking. The hottest artist shit on shit. Say Cheese or whatever. Nobody going to listen no, to your music, no, bro. Man, I think, not. and kind of going into that, we were talking about Duke Deuce. 
mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, I think he's a perfect example of that, right? Like him crumping in the damn uh, weight yeah. room, whatever. He's creating content. He's creating content on that, and he's putting his music out there. over it. Over yeah. it. So it's a smart way to do it. Oh yeah. That's that's really smart. And I didn't even think about it down to that level. Like at that point you're now like you're advertising your music, you're making content, and then don't let you fuck around and like start throwing in some merch or some other yeah. type of form of income like what you was talking about. Now we're doing all that additional stuff to where you adding in that extra income with it too. Like that's really it's revolutionizing the way that people can be artists. And I really like that. Like somebody I think we probably all listen to that I like that does that is like Larry June. Like looking at like his merch, looking at like how he does his tours, how he does a lot of his stuff is set up because of the fact that like, okay, cool. I know I have this audience. I know I generate content that entertains this audience. Now let me figure out how I can also monetize the audience in different ways. But that's, I just didn't think about it like that. So let's break that down. Like if you make an Instagram reel, they're paying a reels play bonus. You make an Instagram reel about whatever. You put your song inside the reel. Every time it gets played, you'll get paid to your distributor. You put a link mm. in your description that's selling something. You'll get paid off of that. And if the video does well, it's going to build your audience. Why in the hell are you not making content? Like Forever money like, talk. Come on, man. And that's why oh, I be talking. Like, all you music producers, you beat mm. makers, be always asking me for help. Y'all the most laziest motherfuckers ever, man. <laughs> like, beats on YouTube got the most positive comments of all. Y'all mm. beat makers don't deal with trolls. And all, y'all ain't even got to show y'all face. Y'all can be the ugliest, most pimple face, most cowardly motherfucker on earth. And you can just crank out beats nonstop. And all you got to do is upload to YouTube, put them through your distributor, set up a beat store, and people are going to buy them and you're going to make money forever. Like, it's an ignorant mentality. I don't understand. I really don't. Sheesh. That's now, that's crazy, too, because I ain't even think about it on that level. Like, people always complaining about like ways to advertise their music or get their stuff out there like you literally social media the great you have that right there like you could just get some people on tiktok to go over doing your stuff like man you know everything and i always people always ask me like yo bro how do i get beats to you you know how to get beats to me go to youtube and name it dorian type b Mm. Mm. cardi b's up cardi b's up God damn, be giving y'all to me, James. <laughs> Cardi B's up. I bought that beat off of YouTube two months before she dropped the song. Same fucking producer. As soon as I heard it, my homeboy sent it to me. He was like, yo, Cardi B's new song's dope. As soon as I heard it, I'm like, yo, that's the intro to that beat. I went and listened to it. I'm like, damn. And I saw the views go up. 24 hours later, he took it down. Because that was the actual beat. Like, if Cardi B's doing it, and it's making her millions and millions of dollars off her music... Why the hell aren't you? I'm telling you, YouTube producers and artists, like, that's where everybody is going to get their music. I don't know why y'all be thinking we live in this secret world. I don't know why y'all be thinking, like, blue checks are in, like, a different world or artists are in a different world or, like, Jay-Z isn't looking at the same Instagram we are. Yeah, he is. Everybody <laughs> looking at the same shit, you know? So you if you want to be, exactly, <laughs> be seen, just put as much content as you can in front of the places where you know all the eyes are. Like just study, going back to what we were saying earlier about auditing your own behavior. We spend so much time on social media. Everybody does. We all checking our phones. So you need to be making content for them to look at your shit too. And if you're an artist, especially if you're a producer, it's easy. It's never been easier to make money from the music business ever as an independent artist, ever. I have one last thing I want to ask you about with the music industry. And that's the whole NFT thing with music, man. How you feel this whole NFT space is going to affect the landscape of the music industry with ownership, right? 
because I know you brought up how like the traditional music system is set up for them to basically squeeze every yeah, penny out. Yeah, yeah. NFTs are presented as like this opportunity for a change in that. What's your opinion on that, man? Man, you know, I think, I don't know if I said this in y'all interview, but I know I've said it privately. When things get too loud, I get quiet. NFTs mm. are loud as fuck right now. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like ridiculously loud. You know, everybody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Facebook and what they just do in Twitter, you're now making their profile pics, yeah. NFTs. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, that shit is, we need to let the mid-90s.com right before the boom was about to happen, we need to let this shit ride out. Especially black people. Like, you know, NFTs is just really crazy right now. So for artists, there is value there. Mm-hmm. Because what NFTs essentially are is a way for a brand to connect at a deeper level with a fan. You know, like I said this on my live yesterday, but you know, in 1998, 97, 98, I was in eighth grade, and I lived in Indianapolis, Indiana. And at that time, I had never seen anything like no limit records. Like they were literally getting a CD inside of our middle school every single month for that entire year, sometimes twice a month. You know, this is physical copies. It's not digital. And when we would open up the CD, and because back then we would open up a CD, look at the booklet, hope the lyrics is in there, some Mm -hmm. pictures or something. We would always see what was coming next with No Limit. And he had it planned out for like the next eight albums. And for that entire year, we kept seeing MP The Last Die, every single album. Mercedes album, C. Murder's album, Silk's album, Mystical's album, Fiend's album, Mr. Servon's album, Mia X album. Every single one of them in there said, MP The Last Time's Coming. And it, it just kept moving up, right? And so it came out that June. This is Master P, MP The Last Time. There had never been up to that point in my life an album I had seen get promoted better. And so when the album came out, I was like, yo, I got to go buy this shit. You know, <laughs> and I was whack. But I had to go buy this <laughs> And when I got it, I felt like, I had been seeing it in print for so long to actually have a physical copy. I was like, damn. I felt like I had just bought a piece of stock in No Limit Mm because he had promoted it so much. Now, imagine if Master P knew that I bought that. Imagine if Master P knew that, you know, who I was and he could identify that. Imagine if he could send me messages through that. Imagine if his next album that came out after that, he said, hey, MP The Last Don is now about to mutate into my next album. Imagine if me having that album, whenever he came into Indianapolis for a show, I could show him I have MP The Last Don, I could walk inside. Imagine, you know, if I'm here in Houston, I see him in some business setting, I show him that, he's like, oh, you a super fan, come up. That's what NFTs are, man. That's all it is. It's a way for brands to connect with their fans at a much deeper level. You know, and I wasn't even that big of a Master P fan. But imagine someone was a bigger Master P fan. And it's six years later, I said, bro, I got MP the last time. You got one of the originals? Yeah, bro. One of the physicals. Yeah. Damn. I'll buy it from you. Yeah. How much? Three ETH. That's that's what we're in. If you don't have a brand, you don't have no fans, you can't do shit with NFTs. Leave it the fuck alone. If you want to invest and look on the backside, you want to do all that? Okay, cool. But... It's too much. It's too mm-hmm. loud. It's too much going on. And there's too many other ways to make money. This, the whole technology blockchain to see who's buying what and having a connection with the fans, that ain't going nowhere. Yeah. But this hype, this media, man, shit. They talk about that more than they talk about when people test positive for the thing we can't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. But Dorian, man, we definitely want to say thank you. And we're going to move into the last section. 
what's one of your personal finance tips that you would like to leave the audience with that you live by? Personal finance tips that I live by. That one with my daughter is like really big. Yeah, um, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's major, man. And for me, man, like I know me, you know, and I have a lot of uh, tendencies that I got to keep in line. You know, if I start thinking I got too much money, I start doing dumb shit. So what I do in my business checking, I keep it under a certain amount to make me feel like I'm always broke. So when I say I'm broke, that's what I'll be saying. You know, I keep under a certain amount, whereas I feel like, oh, shit, we need to get some sales. So the money might be in the market, might be in crypto, might be my daughter's shit, might be investor shit, might be in savings. I don't know. But that checking, the one that I get the email about, like, damn, we ain't got shit. Like, so I feel like you need to know who you are as a financial person because that's a maturity that a lot of us don't have, you know, cause when you've been broke your whole life, you don't know what to mature into once you get money, you know, and you start learning a bunch of new things about yourself. And so there's certain things that I know I won't be able to control. So let me have the placebo effect of, you know what? We only have this amount. You need to always go harder. So learn yourself, man. And the only way that you learn yourself is if you invest and put your money at risk and by at risk, like what we were talking about, Buy a fractional of a share of Apple for $10 instead of buying some damn Tonka trucks. Oh, you know, Tonka's still around. You know, I have a girl. So, fucking Minnie Mouse. You know what I'm <laughs> so, like, you know, do that. Because that $10, even though it isn't nothing if you take it to Chipotle, for some reason, man, when you buy $10, like, in stock your first time, you feel like that you're getting ripped off. At least yeah. I did. You know, so it yeah, made yeah. me look at it different. Especially if it go down. Exactly. But like once you start investing and taking the risk, you're able to see the growth and it starts making a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. And then you start putting in more money and more money. And then that's when you start learning who you are as a financial person. So that's my tip, man. Really know who you are. But the only way you know who you are is if you put skin in the game. Good game, man. Dorian, got to say again, appreciate, appreciate you as always, you. brother, for coming on. It's always good to have you back on the show, chopping it up with you, getting your perspective. Again, for the people, where can they follow you, man? How can they get in touch with your services? Mm. When that YouTube course. course dropping, yeah, man, yeah. we got to, because this episode probably going to drop, what, like March? Yeah, March? beginning of March. Okay, okay, that's actually perfect. So Dorian, Group 82 on all social media group82university.com. That's where all of our courses, we got a course right now, how to market your music on social media. So any artist trying to chart number one on iTunes, get millions of streams. I put my Instagram strategy in there, YouTube strategy, my live streaming strategy, just basically how to build an audience, how to find your audience for your music. Go to group82university.com. That course right now is 51% off and it's segmented. So if you want to buy like individual courses or classes mm. or topics, mm. like you can do that too. So group82university.com, go get that. My YouTube course, I'm writing that right now. It's going to be really, really good. So that's going to drop probably Q1. I'm going to drop an Instagram course in Q2. I'm going to drop a TikTok course in Q3. I'm going to drop, I'm not going to say what I'm going to drop with that because that's something really personal. And then Q4, you know, we have some other things that we're going to do that's going to help you out too. But, you know, this year, man, Group 82 is like really expanding out. You know, digital marketing, content marketing, social media marketing, really giving finance tips from a perspective that's very shallow. You know, like y'all heard me shout out some of the people earlier that I follow or people that I pay attention that give us that knowledge that we need financially at a very, very like elite level. And we need that. Like we need that deep shit and they deal with a lot. 
but we also need people who are brand new who didn't come from shit. And like, I can basically talk to you about how to buy stocks at a very low level. You know what I'm saying? So that's the content that, mm-hmm. that I want to give. And like, this is a quick story. I don't want to hold y'all up, but I started posting on Periscope, man, in 2015 when it uh, dropped and I had no fans, nobody. And there was one dude who used to come in. His name was Omar. He was in college. He was a sophomore. He's from Montreal. I'm like, damn, I'm from Canada. Follow me. I don't know where Montreal. <laughs> Yo, I've never even, even been there. He would come to every live and every single scope. And I was be talking about like money or basketball or music business or whatever. He would be in all of them. You know, and as the years went on, you know, he would DM me and stuff, you know, and I would be like, hey, what's up, Omar Wooty Woop? And then it was like this ongoing joke, like in the pond, because it felt like this nigga was in college for like eight years. Like, he just <laughs> wouldn't fucking graduate. So it got to the point, he would start coming into the lives once the audience got bigger. Like, okay, here go Omar, Ferris Bueller ass who can't graduate. So it became like this whole thing. And, you know, Omar graduated last year, and he DM'd me a week and a half ago. Hey. And, and <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's go, Omar. I'm happy for that nigga, right? And so he DM'd me a week and a half ago. He was asking about NFT, so I told him everything that I said here. He was like, bro, I got in on a NBA Top Shot when it first dropped. I was like, damn, man, that's what's up. Because I ain't even bought an NFT yet. And he was like, bro, I want to thank you, man. He said, the reason I bought my first stock is because you was talking about it on Periscope back in 2016. Mm. I was like, what? All the shit I talk about. And this nigga's buying NFTs now. Generational wealth. You know, so that's happened to me more times than I realized. I was like, man, there's a voice that needs to be said in this mm-hmm. at that level. I don't know. Maybe it's the way that I say it or how I do it. But, you know, the more of us that are talking about finances, I think it's going to help, man. So that's the next step. So continue to follow me if y'all want content like that. Man. Create an impact as a part of this Black Wolf Renaissance. Love it, man. Well, Dorian, thank you again, my brother. And now we're going to hop into a couple house cleaning items. As always, y'all, make sure that y'all tune into the Black Wolf Renaissance podcast every week. And leave us that five-star rating and review. Leave that for us. It helps us continue to grow the show, continue to build out our audience, and get this message out there to people who need it, right? Jalen, Jared, Kelly, what y'all got for them, man? Man, I just want to say the same thing. Y'all keep on listening. Keep on sharing. Y'all follow us on YouTube as well. Subscribe. Uh, start subscribing. Hit that notification bell. Share. Uh, share with your family and friends. Uh, y'all also tap into BWR Academy. We are growing rapidly. We are here to give value we got classes from experts in the industry. You get accountability. You get to learn about business, marketing, investing, what it looks like to actually plan out for the future. So go to BWRacademy.com. Sign up right now. It's only $27 a month. Hey, I just want y'all to comment what y'all want to be called. I need to know what y'all <laughs> yeah, need to be called. Yeah, that is a pressing issue. <laughs> yes. I'm with Kelly on that one. <laughs> Y'all email us and leave it in the reviews. Some. We need that. For sure. But as always, y'all, thank y'all for listening. And until next time, this is Black Wolf Renaissance signing out. Peace. an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.